1: Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday night. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday night. Great dialogue, amazing guests, unbelievable rhythm and flow. Chemistry is just perf- perfect. You you can't you can't write something this good and the show just keeps evolving and growing bigger and bigger. We got a lot to look forward to. A lot of big things coming up. Um, I hope everybody is having a great week. Obviously, you know, it can't be that great being stuck in our houses, not being able to do everything we want, you know, uh, not being able to go to work. Um, obviously, you know, certain people like myself uh, doesn't affect because I own my own companies and, you know, uh, you know, people always need apps. People always need stuff like that. So I, I'm fine, but 75% of this country – it's not fine. Uh, and for, kids, for, for people, anybody that didn't know, um, I do build apps. I do build mobile apps. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, if you ever need one, then let me know. We've done a lot of great work. I've been doing this about eight years. So uh, off topic, didn't want to get too off point there. But no, I'll tell you, th- this, is, uh, this is a scary time, guys. This is a scary time. 75% of people uh, don't know where their next meal is going to come from in terms of the, pay- like feeding their family, the paycheck, the, their paycheck direction. Um, but it's not going to be enough for, or sustainable uh, for uh, the, the term. Um, and you know what, we, who knows how long uh, this thing is going to go on for, you know, it pisses me off. I can't go to casinos. I can't go to sporting events. You know, I can't go to uh, movie theaters. I can't go to all these different things. I, that I want to do restaurants, bars, you name it. I can't do it. I talked about this on my last episode too. Um, I, I really think strongly. Uh, as we all know, uh, the media is blowing this thing way out of proportion, way too much hysteria, um, over dramatic. Thirty thousand people, thirty thousand people died from the flu, and nobody says a word about it. Uh, but you have an epidemic that is minor compared to that, and everybody shuts down the entire economy and you have ghost towns. Obviously, we're going to get to, into a lot of the corona thing tonight. That's pretty much dominating every single uh, news cycle. Uh, you know. And, and I'll tell you something, guys. What's really pissing me off is I have investments in real estate, and so do a, a lot of other people. And I'll tell you, that industry at this point, I, I believe it's going to get back to where, where it was, uh, the powerhouse uh, that um, it was known for. Uh, same with... Same with the stock market. I've, I've got stuff invested in there, too. So, you know, those, those kind of things, you know, are, are very tender topics. I think a lot of people um, are waking up on a daily basis uh, really um, just, I mean, think about it. They, not Just the, just the un, uh, being unsure. And so many people I talk to, they're so used to going to their offices every day, running their big companies, but, and they've never stayed home, no, home in their entire life. And that's all, that's all they've been doing for the last month. Um, you know, and, and, and think about the timing. Think about how this all went about. You know, we just beat China on trade, we just defeated them. No leader has ever beat them in the way we have. 95% of the virus could have been contained, according to uh, researchers and scientists, uh, but China was reckless and absolutely wanted to let it loose, and we all know the patents that are involved, the billionaire corporations and the pharmaceuticals that are going to make a ton off of this. You think AIDS? Do you think AIDS just randomly happened? Absolutely not. They released it, people got it, and then they started giving out medications to treat it that they could make a fortune on. They, there is absolutely a cure, but why would they want to release the cure when they make all this money? Same thing with cancer. There is absolutely a cure. But why would, we, they would, why would they want to release the cure when they make all the money off the, the treatment drugs? Corona is going to experience the same thing. You're going to have all these people infected. It's the same with anything, the flu. Any sort of thing that has ever been released, there's a reason for it, and there's a reason why. The, and the pharmaceuticals are all in bed together with the politicians. You don't think any of these politicians are getting back-end deals off of this? Of course they are. Look at all the leftist politicians that are, are heavily involved with China. So true, guys. It's so true. Um, Obviously, guys, these last 48 hours, these headlines have been nothing but um, a headache for me. You know, I'm I'm tired. I I get I love the transparency. I get that, you know, we need to be as as visual and, 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 you know, um, just detailed as possible and, and put things into perspective. But these briefings, every day, it's the same stupid questions from reporters. These people are relentless. Like It's like Trump gives these people way too much time, and they have the nerve to try to tell him that he's not not being open enough. He's out there on the goddamn fucking floor with you every fucking day for over an hour. Excuse my French. But I, I don't know how much more honest and transparent you can get than that. Did you ever see Barack Hussein Osama, white mama Obama? Did you ever see him come out? I mean, maybe once a month we saw him. Trump comes out every day. Trump talks to the media every day. Sorry guys, I went on this whole freaking rant cuz this corona thing's driving me nuts. I mean, I'm, you know, and I and I want to I want I wanna, I said this last episode and I'll say it again. Anybody who had anything on the back burner. Anybody who had anything on you know hold or, or things they may want to pursue now do it man you got all the time in the world sitting at home uh, you know a lot of you can't even run your businesses because a lot of these people can't even um uh, you know they just it, that's the way it is it's transpiring right now i've never seen anything like it you know and um i i'm you know i, I don't think it's going to be a 2008 again but you know There's, there's obviously something going on here, some sort of slight disruption. And, you know, obviously the stock market is inevitable. It'll go up and down forever. Um, But, you know, I want to read something really interesting that that I went over today. And I really kind of put the facts together and put the pieces together and all these puzzles. But you guys are really going to just be sickened by this. So China, think about this narrative. China unleashes a deadly pandemic on the United States. The United States economy tanks. Renters can't pay their rents to their landlords. Landlords can't pay mortgages to their lenders. Lenders can't pay back their credit lines to institutional investors. Institutional investors can't pay interest on their bonds. And guess who owns all the bonds? They're held by China. And look look, all of a sudden, the corona thing breaks out. Chinese manufacturing skyrockets, and they're not. They're not in the hole anymore. Don't forget, about a month ago, when we defeated them on all these economical uh, situations, especially trade, uh, they were hundred. Their economy tanked for the for the first time in what, 50, 60 years? Trump said something like that, like it was one of the the worst scenarios you could ever ask for. But guys, yeah, yeah, this is this crazy, crazy times. Am I 29 years? I'm almost 30. I've never seen anything like it. You're canceling sports leagues. You're canceling everything in culture. People can't go out and do anything. And now, if you get pulled over by a cop and you're not going to the store for just essentials and you want to just take a drive, you have to show a receipt that you actually went somewhere legitimate and sufficient that is – I mean, dude, this is martial law. These people – this is really – and you know what? I really think this was all in the works. This was all part of the plan, like I talk about on my show. There's no way that, you know, the new world order was was just going to, you know, let Trump uh, keep keep doing, what, keep doing his thing. Uh, election season, uh, they've tried everything to defeat Trump, Russia, Ukraine. It's all backfired and made them look like idiots. So now they're on their new fixation, you know. And, and, and just how dishonest the news media is, I tell you guys, it's ridiculous. Um, but I want to as always I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. Uh, you are all fantastic individuals. The show is listened to 25 countries on 70 online platforms and if you miss any past clips, past episodes or any 24/7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site thenextnexgenusa.com. Gen, um but all well, yeah, what a what a week. The weekend is approaching. Um, I hope wherever you are, you are making the best of whatever situation you are in. I hope it's a productive um, picture. I hope it's um, going, you know, uh, accordingly. I, I'm praying for everybody. This is not a an easy time, you know. There's a lot of fear-mongering. There's a lot of lies in the media. There's a lot of people, sadly, that I talk to that think this is the apocalypse. So, uh, interesting, very interesting. Um, Let's introduce to the show We have activist This writer and speaker Sam Tully Sam what's up buddy
2: Hey how are you doing Roy
1: Doing well my friend Can you hear me Roy Yeah I can hear you
2: Oh okay Well I tell you this This is a This is a bad situation right here As far as Driving folks crazy (laughs) That's for sure
3: Yeah
1: Yeah uh, I mean you know we're living in interesting times
2: Yeah, I, I, you know The way I see it um, The cure is, is becoming worse Than the disease And if you completely Destroy the economy uh, There's no sense in being well Because you'll die anyway <laughs> You know right. I was I was looking at that uh, Sweden thing uh, Sweden got this uh, Immunity hurt I mean this hurting thing Where The people are out there amongst the people. Uh, Like I say, 30,000, 40,000 people die of the flu every year. And boom. Uh, You don't hear there's nothing. They've never shut down anything. Um, Right. And we have this media that's just panicking the world. And, you know, these people are amazing to me. Not only are they panicking the world, but right now I hear... Even Shifty Schiff and, and Pelosi wants to investigate the president's response to this. I mean, you know, these, these people never get enough. They never no, get enough. It, yeah. Even It'll my, never be enough. My liberal friends, we, we rarely agree on anything, but the one thing my liberal fr- friends agree on is that we are, that the media has overblown this thing, that the media's, is scaring the hell out of people unnecessarily, and they, like I said, they, they are driving this, and they are just driving relentlessly, um, like I said, the apocalypse scenario that you, people are talking about now. This is not the apocalypse, but if we continue in, on this pace, we will end up in one.
1: And look at and look at and Sam, look at all the taste of socialism these idiots are getting. I mean, this is what it looks like when you're fighting over toilet paper and you've got grocery store lines that are three hours long and people are. I mean, it's I. This is the most division hostile scenario. I mean, you can't. This is like a movie. You can't make this up. These people are fighting over hand sanitizer. I, I wow wow wow, dude.
2: Yeah, I've seen like a 16 uh, no, or 18 egg, uh, box of eggs at Varta for $6.49. I'm seeing, you know, I stopped by Walmart today,
1: and they had a line
2: outside, you know, with six, people six feet apart. Uh, i am talking about midday, you know, uh, so now they're limiting the number of people coming in. And I haven't been to a store since this stuff happened where everything was, the shelves were full. I remember they said Khrushchev was impressed when he came to America and saw that all the, the markets were full. And like you said, this is this is like socialism now. When you go to the markets now, you don't know what's going to be in there. You, 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 you can't depend on everything that we've taken for granted to be available because they've, they've completely twisted the mentality of the people, and they're, they're scaring people like you said, with hand sanitizer, with toilet paper, I mean it's just it's it, it, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, like you said, you've been here 29 years. I've been here in 67, and trust me, this is a brand new uh, scenario for all of us. Those of us that set in gas lines in the 70s uh, under Carter and went through all this other stuff have never. Experience anything like this Where well, it just completely shut the whole country down Like you said, where you can't go anywhere or do anything The only place I've been right. able to go Is when I went out to Arizona and went to the drive-in movie <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: that, that was the only place outside of going to a store Or, or you know, a fast food uh, a restaurant, takeout You know, And of right. course you brought your own food and stuff there but at least you are somewhat in a public domain. But yeah, it, it, it's out of control, and I uh, unfortunately I, I see that these people are trying to put the president in a box. And yeah. if we keep spending money that isn't there, uh, you know, I, I have you know, I, I don't know where it's going to lead to, because if, if, if there comes a point where you just can't. You know, keep spending money. I mean, Margaret Thatcher says socialism is spending other people's money until there isn't anymore. I think she says something to that degree. And, and this, is, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're feeding off of the grandchildren and future generations if these folks uh, are still around by then. <clears throat> but there's going to have to come a point in time where the American people are going to have to say, look, we're going back to work, we're going to go back to living. Uh, If we're going to fight this thing, we're not going to fight this thing sitting in the house. We're going to have to fight it like we fought every other disease. We're going to have to live.
1: True. No, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm glad glad you could join us tonight. A lot to get into. Mm
2: -hmm. Look forward to it.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I I just – I really – I want everybody to really say a prayer for everybody uh, going through these hard times. You know, take a moment of silence because I'll tell you, I'm talking to some people that are, you know, losing their jobs and losing all these different opportunities, you know, whether it's getting laid off or, or, you know, all the – there's so many variables and, and, you know, some of us are – more fortunate than others, you know, um, obviously I've, thankfully I've never had to really experience this. I've always, you know, made good money in radio and made good money owning my app development company. Cause you know, apps of the future, people always need apps, but please keep in mind guys, 75% of the, the country is hurting right now. They don't, a lot of people in this country, a lot of them live paycheck to paycheck.
4: You know, what do you, how do you
1: think all, all those jobs? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, and we were doing so good and now I'm seeing the jobless claim like jobless to like 6 million now. Um, it's bad. The numbers in the last couple of weeks just keep going up and up in terms of uh, people getting, you know, uh, laid off. And I, but you know, I, this will all come back. It will all be more powerful than ever, but I, I just want everybody to really strongly keep in mind um, and help out whoever you can because I'm helping out people. I'm making sure people are okay. I'm giving. I'm giving my hand. You know, I and I'll be there for whoever you know needs me. I, you know, I, I, this is a time where we should all come together and and provide unity like never before. And I'm seeing a lot of it. You know, I'm seeing a lot of people. Really just love one another um, on social media. I'm obviously, you know, still have those fights, but I, I see a lot more love now than I see fights. And what I love seeing about this is that a lot of people are making this not really about politics. They, they're they making this about getting better. They want people to, to be happy and healthy, and we want to be thriving and, and prosperous again as a nation. Um, but, guys, I, ju- I, I just can't believe it's another week, another week of the Rory Soder Show. Um, And I forgot to announce earlier, and you guys all should hear this, and I've said it a couple times on my show, uh, I will be starting at Salem Radio Network. um, April 19th will be my first show there. Uh, One of the biggest, if not – actually, it is the biggest political station in America. Uh, People like Sean Hannity, Larry Elder, uh, Mark Levin, Sebastian Gorka, um, Hugh Hewitt, uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, the – biggest names you could ever even think of um broadcast on there so uh Salem loved what what they heard on my my show and um you know I just can't I can't wait I really can't wait this is going to be a lot of fun and it's an unbelievable way to grow in the industry and I'll tell you for every everybody knows my story I mean I randomly picked up the mic one day over 2 years ago and uh here I am episode 253 what are the chances you know I I just I I found something that uh, I love to do and that I'm really good at. And I definitely, um, I strongly um, recommend and advise anyone that has a a passion or a a gift for something, never let that go. You know what they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. It's true. I don't consider radio work, this is love you know this is awesome you know building technology i love doing it you know i i i think the people that consider stuff work are the people that hate their 9 to 5s you know what i mean that sort of thing um but yeah guys the salem thing i just can't wait this is going to be so cool and you guys will be able to hear me all across america um on the on the radio in your car wherever they've got some of the greatest uh internet content as well uh, I do want to welcome to the show, though, I believe he's with us, uh U.S. congressional candidate from California. He just made it into the general election. James Bradley, good friend of the show, hasn't been back in a while. What's new, my friend? How are you?
5: Hey, good to be with you, Rory. Congratulations uh, with that Salem. That's a big win for you, my friend. Congratulations. So, uh,
1: Thank you, James. I, I appreciate that.
5: Absolutely. It's well-earned, too. I, I listen to your uh, broadcast often, and it's always rich with the content, and it's always timely. Uh, t- actually, it was funny. When um, I dialed in, I was on the conversation with my, my campaign advisor, which is on the call with me today, and I wanted to introduce him to you. His name is uh, uh, Daniel Martinez, and this guy is a powerhouse. And let me tell you, we have the game plan. I to love take it. Out. My- <laughs> we have a game plan to take out one of the most nefarious trolls on Twitter, and that's Ted Lou. So we are the oh, get team. Get that,
0: get that, Cox.
1: Uh, excuse my French. I won't say the full word. Get him out of there. I can't stand that Fruit Loop.
5: Oh yeah. Well, we have a great strategy. We continue to build the volunteers, and I tell you, the man to do that is Daniel. So say hello, Daniel.
1: Hey, Roy. Daniel. How are you, buddy? Welcome. Glad we have you aboard. We need to beat. We need to beat. Yeah, we need to beat this jerk up. Ted Lou's a jerk up. He's a pompous, conceited, just a just a complete asshole. Can't stand him. Yeah, speak your
2: mind, Lori. I, Laurie. Couldn't, agree, I <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree with you, couldn't agree with you more.
1: Well, I'm I'm proud of you guys. I'm happy for you guys, and um, I I really believe it. And tell us, you know, uh, I'm glad you could really join us tonight, uh, James. And pretty moderate for the most part. I mean, do you have a lot of good Feedback coming in. Do you think, or is it more far left in his favor? I mean, what what are you seeing in terms of some of the results and kind of uh, uh, just the the outpouring?
5: Well, uh, we had a great support from I think the non parties as well as even the moderate Dems. I just have to wait till the final the certification, is takes place. But it is a D, a D plus sixteen, so uh, I mean sixteen percentage points above. A Republican position. So right now, the official results—he uh, only made 10% at best. So we we uh, scratched away 6%. So at 10% that we could, we have a really good plan to take away. In fact, we may even get 15. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of work ahead of us. But uh, we're probably the most wealthiest district in all of California, if not the United States. The median income is about 105,000. Predominantly Caucasian. We have a strong Asian community, uh, Latino, and a small percentage of black. But I think all of it, they commonly call our district Silicon Beach. So that tells you we have high tech, we have uh, Beverly Hills, we have Malibu, we have all the conservative as well as progressive folks behind or in our district. So with the plan that we're putting together, we have to be almost a centrist. In other words, create a unity because these folks are fed up too. absolutely sickened by what this this nefarious character Ted Lieu has done or has not done to the district for three years now is virtually turn his back. We have the highest homeless population, second highest in Los Angeles. We're hovering around about sixty thousand homeless, most of which, or a large percentage, are homeless veterans. And as you know, I'm a veteran, so that speaks to my heart. We have to come up with solutions. Take this complete moronic called the bobbling head, out of office, and we have the plan to do it. Amen,
1: brother. Amen. And And I'm glad you you could join us tonight. Obviously, a lot to get into. I'm, 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 I'm excited for you to be here and give your opinions. Uh, I'm going to do my opening rants as usual, and I'm going to. Definitely get your thoughts on a lot of different things. But uh, for people that don't know, how can they get involved with your campaign and all that good stuff?
5: Oh, perfect. I made it real easy for everybody. Just go uh, – you can say BradleyCongress.com. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y Congress.com. You get to learn a little bit about us, where we're going. And also, if you have a couple of shekels you can throw at us, that would be great, too, during this coronavirus, which we'll get into I have certain some uh, research as well as some some stuff to to share with everyone on that, especially in Los Angeles. But if you have a few shekels thrown in the campaign, put a little bit of uh, gas in our fuel tank here so we can get this thing moving and take out Ted Lieu, BradleyCongress.com.
1: Hell yeah, man. Sounds good to me. I'm rooting for you every step of the way. We need patriots like you. In there protecting our president, but uh, really a pleasure you could join us tonight. So uh, stick around and uh, definitely a lot more to uh, dive into. Um, I also want to welcome um, the editor in chief of the most famous conservative college newspaper in America, the Cornell Mm -hmm. Review, a friend of mine. He's doing a lot of big things, very proud of him, Joe Silverstein. How are you, buddy? I think Joe, are you there?
5: God. I don't think Joe is Joe with us? No. Weird. Um, no,
1: I don't I don't uh Well no, actually, actually no, no, Joe's gonna call back. I have with us right now we have retired uh homicide detective and uh he's spent a lot of time in law enforcement. I believe with us right now is Carlo. Carlo, are you with us?
0: I am, Rory. How are you tonight?
1: Doing very well, buddy. I'm glad uh, you could join the panel tonight. Uh, We're going to get into a lot of big stuff. Obviously, I'm sure you have a lot of different, uh, you know, talking points in regards to this whole Corona madness. So uh, I'm glad you could join us.
5: Well, thank you. And thank you. Yes, I, I do have a lot of opinions on it. And they probably flow uh, along right with yours.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it, and when I, when I'll get to you, and then I can't wait to hear what you have to say. All right. All righty, everybody, and, and I just want to let everybody know we have a lot of big guests coming on tonight. We'll be having federal prosecutor and political commentator Joseph Marino uh, joining the program. We'll also be having quantum expert and best-selling author Dustin Nemos. Uh, along with CEO and senior partner at Patriots Gold Group, Jack Haney. Uh, so much more. Uh, the host of The Judge Show, James Judge, will be calling in. We'll also be having one of my favorite guests, good friend of mine, Fox News contributor and political consultant, Lee Spickerman. Um, but, guys, I, I want to get into the opening rants right now. Um, you know, as I do every episode, we actually gave this whole – uh, you know, uh, a segment, a title, Rory's rants from now on. You know, I get on these whole, uh, I, I, and I never stop. You know, I, I improvise uh, just perfectly. I mean, I keep, I keep going and going, keep the keep the conversation rolling. You know, um, give give as much light and and perspective on on each um, you know sc- scenario and headline as possible. Okay, so. Um, uh, where to start? Where to start? Because most of most of the main headline news tonight is going to be dominated by Corona. But um, here's where I will start. Wow, is it really all Corona tonight? Corona. There's a few things right now. I'm gonna first thing I'm gonna bring up. Okay, so this happened. I think it was a couple days ago, and it was just recently in the paper. And this should blow everybody's mind, and it should really prove a point and go to show how radical leftist ideology has become, especially where leftist politicians are in power. For instance, we know how bad uh, the gun war is in Virginia. You got KKK member uh, Northam running the show there. Uh, his main priority is to confiscate guns from every single law-abiding citizen, and we all know this, this topic and this stupid agenda, it, it, it really is just probably one of the dumbest things ever. All you do when you put in, put in gun laws, you leave the good guy defenseless, and you let the criminal have an open door, open opportunity, because criminals don't follow laws. How the hell are you going to get the millions of illegal guns off the street? It's never going to happen. But anyways, uh, there was a bunch of robber criminals that broke into a store in Virginia, and the owner shot him in self de- shot, shot him in self defense, and now the owner is going to is in jail with no bond. Total self defense, did nothing wrong, protecting the store. Protect because we know people are most vulnerable in these times of, you know. Stuff like Corona, when you're getting fear mongered on the news and you have all these criminals that see all these different, you know, ways that they can capitalize and really go after all these different entities, considering a lot of them are closed or a lot of them don't have, you know, as much, I mean, whatever words you want to use, security or employees. I mean, they're, 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 these businesses are having problems. So what, what not better time to attack or do something uh, when a crisis like this is going on? And the fact that we're really going to – this is dangerous territory. You're going to start getting into self-defense and locking somebody up for it? I mean you – how the hell is America ever going to function or properly coexist if we can't take out criminals that break into our damn houses and, and invade our property? This is no time to joke around, folks, and this is all political. Do not think it's not politicians get protected at every single turn. They've got bodyguards everywhere. They've got people at their beck and call, and they want to tell us how to live our life and how, what guns we should own and what we shouldn't own and how we should do things. Scary. I mean, look at what they did in all these third-world countries. Took away all the guns, and then you have criminals killing people every second, and the good people cannot defend themselves. It's sick, sick stuff it really is um, it's really been bothering me um so joe biden and many other democrats you know they they're always on a new fixation they're always on a new obsession they're always you know uh on on the new the the, the new kind of policy like they they never they never just stick to one thing it's like you know they'll they'll talk about it for a while and once it kind of jumps the shark they'll They'll shift gears. And now the latest is mailing in ballots for the 2020 election. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great idea. Do you realize we have enough voter fraud? We don't need more voter fraud. People aren't even getting ID'd at certain ballot areas. There's gerrymandering, uh, there's dead people voting, there's illegals voting. This, is re- this shouldn't even be a talking point, and the fact that anybody would ever agree with this proves their character. You know, there's Democrat voters asking for this, and I think a lot of Democrat voters are asking for this because they know they can't win a fair election. These people will cheat and steal and do whatever they can to get ahead. It's nothing new. It really isn't, and it's a stupid talking point. I mean, enough already. It's dumb. Um, this is something that really kind of, you know, it's, it's like, here, here's something I really want to bring up. And I, this is like, you like roll your head. And you're like, huh? Huh? What? Is that real? Well, anyways, here's the story. Uh, in Seattle, everybody knows I'm from Seattle, born and raised. I've lived in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, about nine years now, long time. Um, I had to get out of that liberal third world Seattle. I shithole great place to grow up great place to visit. Um, Awesome. You know, but I'll tell you the politicians have sunk it into the ground. Uh, There's homelessness everywhere, poop on the ground, drugs, needles, um, high taxes, uh, middle class. There's no room for them. It's either you're either really rich and elite or you're at the very bottom. But anyways, I don't want to get too off topic with my life story. Who, You know, who cares? But uh, Seattle, uh, they've gotten so politically correct. They've gotten so wimpyish. They've got. They've become so much of pussies and, and just no backbones. Like the the, the most spineless sit, situation you could ever think of. It. And you know, and it's all about you know the 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 as much as they can put forth the radical left and these different groups whether it's the Chicks with Dicks, the feminists, or the Black Lives Matter, or, you know, I mean, whatever you want to do, the Women's March, all these idiots, I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, this is what's taking over a lot of cities. And, you know, the tra- oh, the Drag Queen Story Hour, that one's a really bad one. Indoctrinating kids with all this bullshit, telling a kid at five years old that he can be a tranny. I mean, no, 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 and then the whole, you know, not letting cops do their jobs, and you know, the the whole, if, if you know, the, the whole race baiting. I mean, it never ends. I mean, one one social uh, group distraction after the other, taking us away from what really matters—the real problems in America. But anyways, the real headline here is the the a Seattle police chief, and this I'm ashamed of. I'm I'm ashamed of this. This is absolutely. This, probably, this guy is probably a soy boy, probably gets bossed around by his wife. I, I mean, this guy is probably the, the person that – I call it – I won't get into what I call it. I'll just refrain at this point from what I was about to say. But they're saying call 911 if somebody says anything racist. First of all, I don't agree with racism, never have. I don't think any – I don't think majority of people do. Uh, but it is a war on free speech. People are allowed to pretty much say whatever they want. That's what America's about. You can believe, you can think, you can do whatever you want as long as you're not physically hurting somebody. So when you say – and what? by the way, what's your definition of racist? How do you classify that? How do you kind of – that's that's a big generalization right there. Uh, People could say that uh, a children's book – or, or something out of a, a movie that was made 30 years ago is racist um, that actually isn't. I mean, I, I don't know how you kind of differ, differentiate, di, just how, how you differ, differ them. I, I think it's, um, it's a complicated subject. So you have the corona thing going on. You have people letting prisoners out of jail in different democratic cities that have done – bad crimes and their excuses. They don't want them to get the Corona, but they're encouraging people in Seattle to call the cops. If they hear anything remotely racist. Yeah. I i am a little, you got me there. And I thought it was like a parody for a second. I thought this was like, Oh really? No, like no. And then I checked all these news sources and like, no, no, this is real. No, that's true. So like, Imagine the millions of people that say some, some sort of nasty thing on a daily basis with their words. You're supposed to call the cops every single time and wait. Wow, dude. Wow. I mean, idiots are going to have their opinions. Idiots are going to say dumb stuff. Idiots are going to act like idiots. You can't change society. You know, and, and that's, the, and that's the, like the, trying to change how people view the world or how they think. How is that your job, people? Why are you supposed, you know, if somebody wants to go be racist, if somebody wants to be hateful, I mean, let them do what they want to do. You know, just stay away from them. You're not going to change their mind. Stay the hell away from them. It's that simple. Stop trying to, you know, be this social justice warrior. And, I mean, it, let's face it. Most of you people that do this stuff, it's not about doing what's right. It's about drawing attention to yourself. It's very simple. Um... Uh, here okay so the mainstream media is so out of control that cbs news just admitted that they used and i saw this and all the other outlets admitted how how false this was and how ridiculous this was but anyway they used an italian hospital footage clip to try to you know push their uh hysteria agenda and scare the american people some more because everybody knows the situation in Italy is by far worse than anywhere in the world. You had over 800 people die there just the other in 24 hours. So they're trying to basically capitalize on their audience and, and viewers by, you know, showing uh, – and it's you can't make this stuff up. This is This is why they are called the fake news. These people don't say the truth. They write fabrications and they report – things that they know there's, will appeal to their sheep. And it's about being first. It's not about being right. It's not about telling a, a real story or doing proper journalism. I don't know how these people sleep with themselves at night. I really don't. Um, so think about this, too. This is something and, – and by the way, now we're in the main stuff, guys. We're in the main headline about corona. Um, the World Health Organization is probably one of the most corrupt entities I've ever seen. Um, these people are sick. These people are nasty. Uh, these people are part of the New World Order. These people are part of the deep state. Um, whatever you want to say, they're criminals. I mean, they really are, because they've been covering for China every step of the way. Sure, they've helped Trump on some things, but they have tried to say China is not responsible. They've tried to call the United States a racist, the World Health Organization. They've tried to say that we're the main orchestrators, and that were the people behind the, the problem. How, how, do, how can these people, when they're supposed to be res- representing us and representing the well-being of our health systems and our culture, how can they make these sort of jerk-off comments? And it's the same sort of shit with the United Nations. With all these stupid groups, the Federal Reserve, the World Bank. I'm tired of all these people. Like you guys are you, all, you guys all have a lot in common. you guys are leeches, you guys are vul, you guys are vultures, like just like and you guys don't ever come out and you know you haven't come out and stuck up for us at all it's been china 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 china, China, the kung fu, the kung fu flu, whatever it's whatever you, whatever trump called it too too funny, but the, really though, the World Health Organization needs to be called out more, and that little wimp. Dr. Fauci, whatever his hell his name is. I mean, I, you know, some things he does is good. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he's been there and, and, and gave, you know, certain information. But don't forget, he has big ties with Bill Gates on several pharmaceutical drugs and several health organizations uh, that are, you know, you know, known for the whole vaccine game where they test their vaccines in foreign countries, where they profit a ton off pharmaceuticals. I mean, this is this is not nothing new, and I'm surprised that Trump, you know, knowing what he knows of Fauci's past, has uh, kept him around. It's really an interesting situation because go look at Bill Gates and Fauci's relationship, and we all know, you know, Bill Gates has done a lot, a lot of dirty things. He's not he's done a lot of good things. But he's also done a lot of dirty things with science, with billion with billionaire pharmaceutical companies. This guy's got his hands in in places he shouldn't. Um, uh, so, um, let's see here. I mean, the press briefings, like I said earlier today. I mean, it's just it's just enough. I mean, it's just like it's redundant. I mean, you know, and I love Trump for coming out and being transparent. I love him for you know not having nothing to hide, coming out, telling everybody how it is, you know, stating the facts, really uh, being calm about it, being collective, being highly insightful. Uh, you know, you couldn't ask for a, a better leader. I mean, he's doing the best anybody could do. Uh, but my, my big problem is with the media. Um, they'll keep asking provocative questions. They'll, they'll ask questions that have no merit or no sufficient, you know, uh, Wait, I mean, I, you know, and and they they do it. We all know why, and I talk about this on my show all the time. They do it because they have their owners at these networks that tell them to go in there every day and let, let they say, let's get the president going. You know, pick on him. Let's ask these kind of dumb questions, and we're going to get a reaction. But they, anyways, they spent and and Jim Acosta and CNN tries to always attack the president and say that he's doing all these bad things but he's been nothing but transparent and honest. They gave Jim Acosta 20 minutes of answering questions. That was more than any reporter. And you're telling me that Trump's unfair. Give me a break. Dude, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. And now I'm, I'm seeing this. I mean, the, the coronavirus obviously is a situation that needs to be tamed. It needs to be controlled. It needs to be monitored. We have now over a million cases worldwide, but, I mean, look at you know, just it, it's gone too far with shutting down the economy, in my opinion. Because look at all the millions of people that die from other stuff yearly. Do you shut down the economy for it? Do you really? And, and when when we're trying to get to the bottom of it, that, that that's a you know that's become a problem with you know
5: uh,
1: you know the uh, China trying to call different leaders around the world racist, like the Italian governor, for instance. She was called racist for waiting for wanting to test China for Corona uh, in February? Cause as we know in Italy, there's a lot of Chinese people and they were wanting to test early on, but the Chinese government tried to say that was racist. How is it racist to have proper safety and proper protocol and make sure everybody around you is, is, is treated well and, and doesn't get sick. I'm confused. Um, we talked about a few weeks on my, ago on my show, um, there were three in California, you know, all these leftist politicians want to put these homeless people all together in one room. Uh, you know, community centers. Uh, I thought the whole idea was social distancing. You want to put hundreds of people in one room together when you're not even testing all of them. And the few, you, the couple you have tested, have tested positive for coronavirus in the state of New York, and now. You've got California trying to do the same thing, um, and Washington was doing it. Washington recently closed their community centers because it was becoming a problem. But I just don't get these people's logic. Logic. It's almost like they want the people to die. I mean, look at the whole ventilator situation in, in the state of New York. I mean, Andrew Cuomo bitching about not having enough, but then you go into a warehouse in New York, and you've got a, a ton of them that are unused and haven't been touched. All political trying to blame Trump. It's so stupid. And people are, people are reading it. People are understanding what's really going on here. You know what I mean? And, and the U.S. intel did confirm that China did, in fact, hide several things uh, of, of, of the coronavirus, like the severity of it. They downplayed it for so long. They downplayed it, and that makes me sick. The fact that you guys are so unethical, immoral, you guys are just the most ignorant, selfish people, for, and this was all payback. Your media even said this was payback for the U.S. beating you guys in your economy, and I talked about this on my show a couple, of weeks, couple of weeks ago. What about all the people, 2 million people, cell phone users, locals in China, that suddenly, suddenly went missing in the last three months. I mean, China, we all know, has killed millions of people for so many years. But, I mean, it, this is – and you know what? What about the whistleblower that first exposed corona in China? They had his ass killed. They did. It's crazy times, people. It is crazy times. Um, first and foremost, I want to get to Sam Tully. Sam, go ahead. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, buddy. You know,
2: when you mentioned China, China doesn't care about death. I mean, they, 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 they. Right now, they got way more men than they have women. When they was that one China policy, and so they were aborting all these kids. I mean, all these girls because people thought that uh, <clears throat> the male would take care of the elderly and the family. Well, now they have too many people. They have way more men than women, and they'll never catch up. At the rate they're going And the fact of it is Is also since there's such a, a Demonic atheistic culture That they can't stand Christians or Muslims Or anyone that believes in a higher being So they try to either Isolate these people Subjugate them Or, or, <clears throat> or kill them and, and like you said About the whistleblower uh, About the contagions and whatnot. Yeah, As soon as these people start opening up their mouths The next thing you know you don't see them anymore and originally, you know, I, I was I was kind of open that this might have happened as far as some kind of uh, open market. But then when you start looking at what's going on, just like you said, you look at the timing. Trump beat them down with the trade deal. We were, you know, they were trying to gather all this power. <clears throat> and then when we got the trade deal, which was taking, uh, making China – Play fair. They say, you know, you got this contagion that gets released, and as far as it came from eating bats, well, these people, I mean, eating bats may sound repulsive to you and I, but they didn't just start eating bats a couple of months ago. They must have been eating bats for for who knows how long in that area, and this thing never happened. And of course, they had that uh, chemical factory out there in Wuhan or wherever that city is and then they released 5 million Chinese throughout the world. So the timing on that thing is, 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 is very suspect. And, of course, here we are having to live under the cloud of it, and, and the biggest enemy that we have, well, the biggest enemy we have, in, in my opinion, is not the Chinese or the virus, it's, it's the American media. And the media is spreading fear in triple doses, and they got everybody so shook up. That uh, you know they're they're making people stay home, they're killing off the economy. And if you kill the economy, uh, you have no country because there's nothing going to run it. So hopefully people will start coming to a realization that if we're going to fight this thing, we're going to have to fight this thing working. We're going to have to fight this thing living a normal life. We're going to have to fight this thing being Americans. And like I said, we, we first need to take care of this big enemy, the media. Uh, the media should have said, hey. Uh, Governor Cuomo, you are complaining about not having ventilators when people told you to prepare for a pandemic uh, and, and they offered to sell you a bunch of ventilators back in 2015 when you didn't want to. Uh,
1: and,
2: and also, what about all these ventilators that are in warehouses? Well, the media never calls liberals to task, just like they hide Joe Biden in little sound bites in little two- or three-minute clippets that he makes from home, and they're still screwed up. And you know, it, you know, I found that fantastic. I know this is a little off topic, but for years they were saying that President Trump is, is is illogical. He's crazy. He's unfit for office. And they want to replace him with a guy that doesn't even know where he is half the time. And they will they won't say a thing about it. <clears throat> now, you know, this this community center thing, you know, this this is really fantastic to me. Want to put homeless people in community centers. I've been ranting for years about we open up the border let illegals come in here and take American resources where we have thousands of Americans sleeping on the streets. In California here, uh, L.A. is full of them. They had typhus uh, break out in, right. in, in, in Skid Row.
1: I know where you're getting at with this. Why, would they, why didn't they put homeless people in there before the corona thing? Why now, right?
2: Well well actually no, I didn't want them to put the homeless people in, in the in the uh in the shelters, but what I'm I'm saying is they allowed they, they allowed the homeless on the street, but they allowed the illegals to come in and suck up money and resources that we couldn't use to try to deal with the homeless. They never tried to deal with the homeless. They didn't care anything about the homeless and and at the same time they wanted to let all the illegals cross the border. Because of course they want to get the free uh, they want to get the votes from liberals and unfortunately there's many rhinos that want to get that cheap labor. So you know that comes on both sides of the aisle to a degree. But now with, with, with this virus got them all scared half to death, they want to do something with these homeless people because that if the virus is as contagious as they say it is, it's going to morph itself so quickly into that homeless population that it's, that is. You know, it's ridiculous, and, and, and their solution doesn't make any sense because at least the homeless was on the street where they have a little separation, but if you're going to put them in these community centers, there's no separation at all. So unless you're going to treat these people and you're going to clean them up and you're going to try to disinfect them and change or, or, or try to promote some kind of a normal lifestyle, which they should have been trying to promote years ago, all you're going to do is have an incubator with way more vermin, way more contagions, way more uh, of this coronavirus. So, you know, I, I don't think they know what they're doing half the time. And, on, and on, on the flip side of that, you don't hear them talking about the border no more. You don't hear them talking about, well, uh, you, you know, you're racist for closing the border. You, you don't see AOC over there crying down near at the border. You don't see any of this stuff now. You know, it, it, you know it's amazing, and, and, of course, the media isn't saying anything about it either. Going on when you said about the, the World Health Organization, uh, I don't even know why we would listen to these people. Like I said, the World Health Organization, and, frankly, they need to kick the U.N. out of uh, uh, New York City or at least defund it from our money because all these people, they prop up these socialist countries. They prop up China. Like you said, China sit over here and releases contagion, and I'm watching people on the news talk about what a great job China is doing cleaning up everything. They should never talk about China doing a great job. China is doing a great job killing off many people around the world with their disease, and the media should be forthright and state China is the problem. Now, when you have this situation that we have now, where you have many of these people stay at home and people can't work, and, 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 and you know, many of these restaurateurs, they're not going to come back. I mean, I read where uh, a Cheesecake Factory couldn't even pay its rent for all of its stores, for 430 stores. But if you start getting rid really of these small businesses and, and, and these kids can't go to school, you have all these folks on the street, uh, the criminal element is going to ex- expand itself, and then when you get these governors, Uh, or these local sheriffs like the Sheriff in LA County tried to shut down gun shops. Talk about they're not uh, a needed business. Well, I'm glad the president said, yes, they are a needed business. But just like you talk about this guy in in Virginia uh, that was in a store. Now, they say that he had an order where he wasn't supposed to have a gun, but that's another story. But if they start making it difficult for citizens to protect themselves, and the police are strapped, and everybody else, when I mean strapped, not uh, with arms, I mean they're thin. You know, this thin blue line is thinner under this situation. If, if we can't protect ourselves, all we do is open ourselves up for anarchy. And if this country goes into anarchy, you know, we'll end up being like those politicians that get the coronavirus uh, a notification, sell all their stock. And don't give a rat's butt about us, except for they made money and we'll
1: be broke. Amen. Very true. Very true, Sam. Absolutely. No, 100%. um, Tell everybody the best way they can connect with you.
2: Yeah, they can reach me at uh, Samuel Tolley at uh, Facebook or YouTube or my website, com.
1: And and, and did you have any other thoughts?
2: Well, uh, as I said, we need to, the the main thing is we need to wake up. I mean, the country needs to get back on its feet. We can't live in fear. I mean, and and I've never heard of Americans being shut in their house. I I thought we were the kind of people that faced the danger. Uh, This this social distancing thing, I mean, I, I, I went to Vegas right before they shut Vegas down. I mean, there were still people, we went to a concert, and I'm 67 years old. I think half the folks, there were older than me, and they were all partying and having a good time. Now, I understand that there are people with sensitive uh, ailments that are more sensitive to what's going on, and I'm not trying to belittle uh, this this virus, but like I said, about 40,000 Americans die every year. I think over a million people in the country die every year with the flu.
1: Yeah, down nobody. And yeah, and, no, you're absolutely right. And we don't see the economy shut down for that kind of stuff. The world doesn't shut down. It's just, it's weird. It, it's, it's something that I, I, I can't even. At times, I can't even fathom it. I can't even comprehend it. I can't even. It doesn't click. It just, it's just. It's like the other hysteria, and just everybody thinking Armageddon's coming. I'm just, I'm just beside myself.
2: I would think that we're closer to Armageddon with the cure than with the disease because if this, if this economy tanks and people can't, and, and then you got 30 or 40% unemployment, then you're going right. to really see something that you've never seen before. So I think we just need to strap up ourselves, you know, get up there and work through this stuff. Let, let, the, let the scientists, let the professionals do the best they can but we
1: need to have faith in God and get back to work. That's Amen, it. buddy. Amen. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're with us tonight. We've got a lot more to get into. Uh, stay with us. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. And by the way, we have a lot of great guests coming on tonight. I'm very excited. Big night on the Rory Sodder Show. But at this moment, I think we have federal prosecutor and uh, federal prosecutor and popular political commentator Joseph Marino. Good friend of mine, Joseph. What's up, buddy?
6: Rory, my man. It's always great to join you. Have you have you been in these tough times?
1: Uh, doing well. I, you know, I I can't complain. I I, you know, I I feel I'm feeling very bad for a lot of other people that are are struggling, but uh, you know, myself, I I'm fortunate at this time, but I I uh, I can't believe what's going on out there, you know, with with ghost towns with You know, um, everything closed. I mean, sporting, sporting leagues, the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, I mean, movie theaters closed, bars, restaurants, uh, casinos, you name it. It's closed and taking away a lot of uh, people's, you know, luxury and obviously hobbies. And the the biggest part is I'm talking to people that, you know, are, are used to going to their office every day and. And and working on their big companies, but uh, you know they're ha- they're having to stay home, and they haven't done that in a hundred years. You know what I mean? I, like it's this is it's a weird time, Joe.
6: It's a very weird time, Rory. I mean, I'm in my early 40s. So for me, the, 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 the two biggest crises that I think of over the last couple of decades are, of course, 9-11, and, and I happened to be working in midtown Manhattan when the attacks happened that morning, and then in 2008 with the credit crisis, where I was also happened to be working in, in New York City at the time. And both those right. things impacted the economy and, of course, the national security in different ways. But
4: this but not pandemic
6: – Exactly, I mean this you know the, the not so much the health direct impact, not yet, I mean and hopefully never, but the economic impact is, to your point I mean, and, and I, I explained to my children who are young, we haven 't seen anything like this in our lifetimes. I mean, this mass right. quarantine, this voluntarily shutting down major portions of our economy. Knowing full well it's it's going to be really really painful and yet we're doing it hoping that it's the you know the the, the basically the lesser of the two evils here but uh, it's going to have a significant significant impact for all, for months to come.
1: Absolutely, very well said. And, and by the way, your kids are adorable. I saw you guys um, your national broadcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'll tell you, they got a bright future. They got a brilliant father such a such a down to earth father they're lucky to have you and you know that you can teach you can teach them so many insightful things and everything you've learned on your life journey because you have one quite uh of a of a a resume it's it's beyond impressive and um you know i also wanted to say i i you know i agree with you i i'm 29 years old i'm almost 30 years old i've never seen anything like this joe i've never seen it and it's actually kind of In a way, it's scary. I mean, I know the hysteria and unnecessary drama by the media is definitely out of control. But still, experiencing this for the first time, you know, obviously we know we'll we'll overcome this. It will all pass. But just, you know, just it's like we've never seen anything like it. So that's why it's kind of scary.
6: Yeah, I agree, Rory, and you know, so now now that I live just outside of Washington D.C., um, you know, obviously the focus of, of so much in this town is politics. And you know, we've seen such a difference in the national media and in the cable news networks since President Trump was elected and the way that they cover yeah. this administration. And, and I, I think Yeah, look at
1: and by the way, I just I want to say real quick, look how many Look how much social media has evolved. Look how much more news outlets there are now compared to 20 years ago. I mean, there's so much more power, and there's so much more people that can get fake info out there and try to brainwash all these different individuals. I mean, I I can't even count how many news outlets there are. But sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going
6: to say that. I mean, I think the the media has, again – done itself a real disservice in in many ways because, you know, I think the media has taken, and I don't mean everyone, but I think I I mean some of the, the major cable news networks, and you can imagine which ones I'm talking about. I think they really see it as their mission to take down this president. And it was sort of, you know, fun and games with the Mueller probe and the impeachment and they kind of, they played it to the hilt. But now that we have a real crisis, a real crisis, uh, I think people look and say i 'm not really sure what to believe because you know some some certain channels seem so adamant about showing only bad news and only attacking this president and I mean the dust hasn 't even settled yet, and they 're already criticizing the lead up here and who knew what and uh, and some pretty irresponsible statements from some members of congress so I, I think the media really needs to take a look at itself going forward to say how are we communicating things because I think large portions of the American public really don't believe what they hear now on on stations like CNN and MSNBC and some of the major television networks.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, speaking of all these networks, you know, I see you everywhere. I mean, you're on CNN, you're on CBS, you're on CNN, you're on CBS, you're on Fox, you're you're on Bloomberg. I, you know, I've seen you on uh, NBC. I mean, you thr- throughout the years. You know, uh, these especially during political uh, times, you're you're always giving your insight. You're always giving your two cents. You're always one of the the experts on the panel. I mean, what what are what are you kind of witnessing? I, I know you try to you know be fair around all these people and and be nice to these people, but uh, there's definitely a a bias and a uh, I don't. I don't know if I want to use the word vengeance against Trump, but there's there's something. I mean, these people clearly don't like him, and they have a one-track minded agenda.
6: It's a shame because I mean, there's plenty of room for legitimate criticism, but but of anyone, right? I mean, there's always pros and cons to how anyone governs. But when you go on a website, and I, I challenge your, your listeners to go on you know, some, uh, any of the major cable news networks' websites, and on, an, on several of them, you will see easily 90% of the headlines have an anti-Trump slant to them. Some of them are, are supposed to be factual stories. Some of them are opinion stories, but they are almost always, casting the president in the most critical, negative light. And it can't be like that. So, you know, if, if you are hand-picking your stories and you're casting everything in one direction, well, then at some point you're only going to exist in a bubble where you're going to have people who agree with you will watch your network and, and read your website, and everyone else is going to tune you out. And I don't really think that's the media doing a good job. They're really supposed to give us information and let us, the viewers, decide what we believe based on the facts that we're given. But when we're given selective facts and opinion always seemingly slanted in the same direction, well then again you're gonna get, you know, your sort of fanboys and fangirls of one persuasion, watching, you know, looking at your network and looking at your website, and you're going to have everyone else ignoring you. So I, I think that we need to get back to, you know, I think Fox's slogan always was fair and balanced, right? I mean, um, you know, fair and balanced is a, is a good thing, and there's not enough of that these days.
1: No, absolutely. And how do we hold the media accountable? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't want to turn into communist China. I don't want to go down that route, but how do we stop these people from fabrications and ruining people's lives? I mean, you're a lawyer. You, I mean, you, you, would, you would know better than anybody. Well, I think to your
6: point, Rory, is that the fact that there are so many more media outlets these days, that's a good thing because it, it means that the, the, the news cycle isn't controlled by a monopoly of just two or three newspapers and, and, and networks. And the fact is that, um, and particularly, you know, a a more conservative leaning uh, viewpoints that are often not reflected in the major networks, except maybe for Fox, um, but yet the smaller networks and the more grassroots outlets are able to get that other viewpoint out there. And it's so critical that we do hear from both sides. And I look, I tend to be conservative myself, but I want to hear from liberals, right? I want to hear from smart progressives. I think it's good to hear both sides and then let smart people decide where they fall. Um, so I do think that having more media is, 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 is a good thing. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think, Have consequences. I mean, so if if you feel like your newspaper has gone to one extreme, or your network that you you've viewed for years is trending in one direction and ignoring the other side of the argument, let them know that. Let them know that with your subscription or canceling your subscription, change the channel, watch something different, make your voice heard. That hey, you know, I want to hear both sides, and if you're just giving me one side. You're not doing what your job is as the media, which is to really give me the facts, not give me your viewpoint.
4: 100%.
1: Amen. I I couldn't agree more. And 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 here's another very important question that I think everybody needs to kind of really think about, and I I don't think it's being talked about enough. And you you being a federal prosecutor and dealing with some of the biggest cases – uh, in history, in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I've, I've read some of the things you've, you know, over, over, overseen, and th- things that you've, um, pr- you know, just different, different, different scenarios. But with China, do you think AG Barr, and do you think the Trump administration? Do you think because let's face it, I mean, China maliciously did this. There's been many researchers and scientists that said 95% of this could have been contained controlled. And also Chinese media over in China admitted this was on purpose because they wanted to get back on, get back at Trump for him defeating them with the economy. Um, what are your thoughts? How would you go about this? Because, I mean, China has been sucked up to for too damn long.
6: Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot we don't know and that we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll eventually learn when the dust settles. But we do know that China was aware of this disease months before they let on. They covered it up, and that cover-up has created tremendous damage to the health and the economy of the rest of the world. And so I do think that right now, of course, we want to take care of America and Americans, right? That's the immediate uh, goal is to get us back on our feet health-wise and economy-wise, but we cannot forget that this started in China, and it's not a racist thing, and it's not a cultural thing, but it is a a geographic and a political issue that the government in China knew about this, did not share the information, continues to put out misinformation about the coronavirus pandemic, and they are not our friend. And so it's time, and I think that we have for too long – put a big premium, a big value on getting cheap merchandise. And, you know, look, everyone likes inexpensive things, right? And so we have allowed China to become the manufacturing hub for much of the world. And now what we're finding is that they're not necessarily having our best interests at heart here. So maybe we should really think about how much we want to rely economically on China as one of the takeaways from this entire experience
1: and and let me just ask you, your overall you know kind of um analysis and, and kind of just your thoughts on on this whole corona you know the, the way the media has kind of um gone about it i mean how, and, and what do you how do you see it kind of? Um, playing out in the future. I mean, do, do you see thirty days? Do you see it longer? I mean, what 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 do you see? I mean, I know Trump right now says thirty days, but it seems like there's an awful lot of bad situations out there with people get people keep getting it. Well,
6: I I definitely I really feel for for the president and, and his administration because he's got a tremendously difficult situation, right? And there's people. Yeah that are going to criticize him ruthlessly no matter what he does. Uh, What I see is when I I put on the briefing every day is that I see a president who is working really hard, who has some fantastic people in his administration and on this coronavirus task force. And he's not perfect, and he says some stuff sometimes that I kind of roll my eyes and say, oh, my gosh, why is he saying that? But the reality is when it comes down to it, he is working hard, is critically trying to bridge the public and the private sectors to get the private mm-hmm. sector to, to work to do things like shift toward production of ventilators and production of masks um, because that's critical and working toward a cure for this this pandemic. So I see an administration that's working very hard and I think most Americans are seeing that same thing. And so the media, while it may try to undermine the administration every chance it gets and you can hear that in a lot of the questions that come from some of these reporters that I think are absolutely ridiculous and they should be embarrassed with themselves that they're trying to kind of play gotcha with the president instead of trying to get real information that could help people um, and I think that again uh, this administration will prevail because you know they are doing a yeah. great job and I think that the media will again be shown itself as really kind of kind of crass, right? Kind of shrill, and and sort of being playing small ball when the administration is actually working every day to try to save, you know, our health and our economy.
1: And from a legal standpoint, I mean, I'm sure you're very aware of how corrupt the World Health Organization is. I mean, what kind of action should the I just think you know you've looked how they've covered up for China I mean they really have uh, they really they 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 really didn't defend anything um, about the USA in, in terms of what of what we're dealing what they've given us some stuff they've done some good things but when when we said that you know this whole thing came from China uh, China denied it and then world health organization sided with China and then World Health Organization apparently knew months ago about this and they weren't speaking about it and they were keeping it under wraps. I mean from a legal standpoint is there any sort of action that you would advise I don't know if it would be the Trump administration the DOJ I mean how would this go about I mean you have and it's the same sort of thing with a lot of these other entities. I'm like I'm tired of the United Nations. I'm tired of some of the Federal Reserve and what they get away with. I mean, it, it kind of all is, is similar in a way, but obviously different subjects, different different categories, but it's just they get away with some of the most evil things you could ever imagine.
6: With the international organizations like the United Nations and the World, World Health Organization, the solution is, is not so much legal. There's not much legally we can do. It's political, and it's this administration and future administrations how they want to portray america's role and if 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 they make the point that america while we are a we want to be a strong member of the world community however we will put the interests of america and americans first and there's nothing wrong with that i would expect The United Kingdom do do the same for their people, and Australia and Saudi Arabia. I mean that's how it works. So I think that when things like, to your point, Rory, the the World Health Organization mischaracterize or refuse to relay accurate information about something that's happened, we have to make it clear we won't tolerate that. And we can make that clear in terms of how much we contribute financially to these international organizations and how much we as Americans choose to participate or not participate. And believe me, they right. want American participation. They, they need American leadership for these international organizations to really function properly. So we might need to take a bit of a tougher approach. And President Trump was ahead of the curve on this. Remember, he was always very skeptical of organizations yeah. that he felt were taking advantage of america that didn't pay their fair share that didn't carry their own weight and that they kind of made us be the world policeman so once again he yeah. really was ahead of the curve on a trend like this and so you know i think right. america first it's not just a slogan it really is a frame of mind
1: 100 percent. well i always loved having you here uh joseph you're a a, a great source of information you have amazing insight, uh, close friend of mine and uh, I really love everything you're doing and you're doing uh, so much uh, just amazing stuff for the world and, and and the value you bring to the table and and what uh, you know what what you're doing for America. Thank you really, and tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you, all that good stuff.
6: Well, thank you, Rory. And, and I really appreciate you having me as always. It's, it's always an honor. Uh, I tweet uh, at Joseph Moreno, J-O-S-E-P-H-M-O-R-E-N-O. I write for The Hill once or twice a month on issues on like national security and foreign affairs and, and domestic and international politics. I love to engage. And again, Rory, thanks so much for having me on tonight. Really appreciate it.
1: All righty, buddy. Let's get you back soon. Um, I'll be starting here at Salem Radio uh, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, definitely want to get you on that program as well.
6: Outstanding. Thanks Rory.
1: All right. Have a great night. God bless you too. Um, everybody, I am going to take a quick commercial. Um, we have a, we have a lot of guests coming on. I'm a very exciting show tonight. Um, I, I do want to um, um, yeah. Yeah. I have to real quick and we'll be right back. It's a beautiful night coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, our next guest coming on will be Q expert, very popular guy, and a best-selling author, Dustin Nemos. Uh, you you got you to hear this guy. This guy has quite the story. He's got quite the resume. He's doing huge, huge uh, things right now. Uh, America first, baby. We'll be right back.
5: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello everybody, this is
1: Rory Soder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else, and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello everybody. This is Rory Soder from the Rory Soder show. Please visit the donaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else and best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit the TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great
4: selections. Thank you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm
0: Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried
4: Chantix.
1: Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating
4: machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
0: I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke
4: behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
1: And we are back. The Rory Soder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes. I need twenty four seven breaking news coverage. Visit my media site, the next N E X, Gen G E G-E-N, dot It's a beautiful night, everybody. Happy Thursday to all of you. I hope wherever you are you are doing very well, staying safe, staying inside, being being obedient, doing the right thing. Not uh, you know, not going out, gathering in a bunch of big large groups. Remember what they what they say what was it ten, ten, ten or uh, no more than ten, no more than ten, everybody, and even that, even that, why even risk it? Why even risk it? You know, I sure as hell don't want that damn thing, but luckily, you know, living in Arizona, we got some of the most minimal cases, so uh, we're not uh, we're not in the in the biggest uh, part of harm's way. that's for sure. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have a best-selling author and Q expert, uh good friend of mine, uh, Dustin Nemos. Dustin, my buddy, welcome back. What's going on?
7: Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me back, man. I I appreciate it. And just uh, kind of stuck at home like everybody else right now. I hear you. No, I hear
1: you. Well, dude, I, I we're living in a in a weird, weird time. I will tell you that. Uh, tell us what you've been working on lately. What are some of the latest projects? Because I know you're always very in tune. You're very involved. You're heavily invested in everything that's going around, everything that's going around in pop culture, politics, you know, uh, things behind the scenes that a lot of people aren't really talking about because they're so distracted. You know what I mean?
7: Yeah, man. Well, you know, I've been talking about the, the economic impact of what was coming from the coronavirus, whether it be real or be fake, you know, there's there's different narratives. And now we're really starting to see the damage being done. Um, you know, people that that were at least somewhat prepared beforehand, hopefully, you know, we had warned, but everyone else is kind of fighting with, I like to joke, broken wine bottles over toilet paper. And it's not really a joke. That's happened. So, you know, we're in that situation now where people are getting desperate and fear is really taking over. And and that fear seems to be kind of without cause. I mean, I know it's a little controversial to say this right now and people are definitely, you know, dying, but where are these war zone hospitals they're telling us about in New York and stuff. So, you know, we're still working on projects like Stop It Burning to to take on big tech censorship with the lawsuit and the class action, but that's taken a back seat at least this month because of the, you know, the, the massive shutdown of the world economy over this, this fear porn, and it seems like um, just conjecture here from from the Q side of things. And Q has made a post that that gave us sort of this line of thinking. It wasn't he didn't come out and say that the Democrats are behind the virus, but he did point out how they benefit greatly and how they're really pushing at the same time to try to get a mail voting system put in place where you vote by mail, which would of course allow them to to cheat an election. That's what they're good at. It's the only way they would be able to do it when President Trump has 100,000 people at one event, and I can get more people than Biden and Hillary put together in a room. So you know, they can't win unless they do something to shut down the usual voting system. So there's a lot of things we're working on right now. It's just pushing back against the fear. Wow, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: No, I know you're doing a lot of huge things right now, and you know I, know, I know obviously a lot of people uh, in our party, you know, who, who follow Trump and follow the, the mega agenda know what Q and QAnon is. Some people don't. For those people that don't, please kind of give like a brief kind of synopsis and summary and kind of, you know, break it down for them.
7: Yeah. Sure. Well, for those who are new to Q, um, I like to use the example of Twitter. President Trump used Twitter. Everybody knows it. he went around fake news and the same way he did that he's using the military operation that is QAnon. It's a team thing, probably less than 10 people that he's told us that can confirm it. But it's like a a military sting operation designed to go around the corrupt FBI and the CIA and the DOJ and all of these corrupt Obama holdovers in order to get information to the people, not stuff that violates any kind of national security laws, but the information that could help point citizen journalists like myself in the right direction so that we know where to go and look for open source information. And that's all that Q has ever really done. He mostly just asks questions and that's kind of the Socratic method of, of leading by asking questions and letting people come to answers on their own. It's really a smart way to, to educate others. And that's what he teaches people to do to educate others and, and basically the effective cue if you're looking at the real fruit of the tree and what really scares the fake news is an army of citizen journalists that are digging into the truth and spreading that news on social media. And we're we're doing damage to them. You know, they're having mass layoffs, they're having to shut down on independent media with big tech censorship, which is where the whole stop bit earning thing comes from anyway, because I'm the most censored guy on YouTube, as best as I can tell. I've been frozen in place with subscribers for over a year. So I, I went from, you know, plus 30,000 subscribers one month to none for 14 months and counting. And, uh, you know, that, that that kind of thing is becoming really obvious to people out there. They're starting to see that the censorship is very real. And they're starting to see that actually some of the independent media people that are on YouTube or on radio shows like yours – we have bigger followings than some of the people on the TV, on, on these big multi billion dollar corporate stations that are all owned by the same six corporations. So we are having a, a surge in independent media. And that is, I would say, a big part of that is because of the Q movement. And that is the main reason for the Q movement.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and tell everybody about this as well. This is another big thing about how Q in many scenarios and, and and instances and situations they've predicted the future. I mean, there's things that they've actually, that this group has,
7: it's like they've, they forked, they forked, they were, they were, they were able to foretell it. Oh yeah. No. In, in some cases, um, Days heads up on terrorist attacks, Uh, the Bangladeshi terrorist uh, New York subway bomb attempt is one example. You know, uh, a year plus of heads up on other situations, Hillary using codename Alice is one example. You know, there's a lot of things where Q has gotten it right in advance or even like a year in advance. Uh, But there's also a ton of little situations where he'll predict something that President Trump says the next day or the same day. Or he'll say something, and President Trump will kind of finish the sentence on Twitter. Or he'll put his post out, and President Trump will say something very similar the same day, kind of the same vein of thought. Or he'll post something, and President Trump will post something at the exact same split second. These kind of weird coincidences happen all the time. And then more recently, and this is starting to get really brazen because they're starting to turn the heat up on the – you're starting to pay attention on Twitter and see that they're turning the volume up on their blatancy when they're trying to show off their Q. Even the president's sons came on mainstream media and did an interview and they were wearing a pen, a little American flag pen that had a Q on the middle. So this is at the point where president Trump is now resharing Twitter accounts from prominent QAnon, you know, independent media people that are following Q that are promoting Q that are saying hashtag where we go, when we go all or hashtag Q in their profiles. And president Trump is sharing them all the time now. And the media just can't right. handle it. All they can do is try to shut us down.
1: And look at, like, like, you bring up so many great points, so many valid points, absolutely perfect. And we look at everything Trump has exposed, everything he's touched light on. He's exposed the deep state. He's exposed all of these, these evil people, these swamp creatures. He's ex- exposed the media. Uh, he's exposed, I mean, look at, look at what he's done with, With Hollywood, you know, I believe the whole part of the Q thing was getting rid of, you know, getting rid of people like Harvey Weinstein and really shining light on the the pedophilia issue in in Hollywood and all these elites and all these people like Jeffrey Epstein. Because if Trump was never in office, that would have never happened because Hillary Clinton would keep getting donations from people like that. And I believe that was a big thing. And I – another thing, the whole – just the news, how he's really – when you brought up independent media has really kind of taken over like my shows and many others, it, it, it truly has. I mean, be you know why? I believe a big reason is because Donald Trump has, has taken the mainstream media out in so many different ways. I mean, a lot of people can't even trust the media anymore. And the way Trump gets his news across is Twitter or some sort of social media, or, you know, he'll go on uh, different shows with, you know, people he knows and trusts. I mean, obviously he'll go on shows with, you know, anybody, but I'm just saying there there's, it's really, there's been a door that's been open. There's no doubt about it. You know,
7: President Trump saying fake news all the time from on stage behind the cameras and they can't look away. They, all they can do is report because it's the president. When him doing that, it's right. like the hammer and independent media, you know, you and I and others online who are, who are, kind of doing this on a shoestring budget, being censored, being demonetized, being deplatformed, being kicked out of our bank accounts, uh, being threatened, all this crazy stuff we go through. You know, we're, we're yeah. doing this and we're, we're the hard place. So, you know, we're right. up here providing the facts and the arguments and the rhetoric and the narrative to push back against the fake news. So we're doing sort of the groundwork and he's just kind of bringing the attention with fake news, fake news, you are fake news. And he's doing it beautifully in such a way that, you know, he's really the victim here. He's he's crushing them with his hammer, but in a way that he really is the victim. All he does is have to point out that they're lying and then defend himself on the grounds of being in the right position. He's always taking the moral position. And they really have no argument. So all they can do is call him a racist or call him a, a hate monger or call him an ism or an is or whatever word they want to make up. They got nothing.
1: And how do you – now, how do you foresee the future in terms of – Sealed indictments, because we all know the Q community, um, which I follow closely. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, you know, rumors that people are really going to be facing the music. Uh, A.G. Barr is one of those people. Uh, Another person is Durham. Obviously, Trump uh, has given us so much. And and like I always say, he's delivered on 80 percent. Eighty percent of his promises within three years. I mean, he's really... Given given everything he his all he's he's given his blood sweat and tears uh, to to yeah. every American citizen and you know uh, I I still have to see him let us down but I really think there's more in the works in terms of uh, justice I I really think that yeah. you know the people that went after the people that went after him uh, the dirty people you know uh, the elites uh, the deep state I think there's a lot of people going down how do you what what do you think
7: you know. We're in the year of the boomerang, they like to say. And if you're thinking about it from a macroeconomic and political perspective, the energy is pretty hot right now. You know, this is the kind of energy where big changes can happen politically. So it's, it's certainly, you know, we're building that momentum. It's a, an election year. You know, th- this mm-hmm. is the year where he beat, you know, kind of into end of 2019, early 2020. This is the year where he beat the attacks, the impeachment, the Russian witch hunt. The collusion delusion, all of right. that—the FISA Gate scandal, which is way bigger than Watergate ever was—and now people are really starting to wake up to what they just did. While while President Trump was shutting down our borders to protect us from this possible bioweapon uh, that China was really perpetuating with their with their own fake news by hiding the damage that they were doing, you know, these guys that were are now attacking President Trump for not doing enough—they were walking from one hall to. From the Senate, uh, from sorry, from the House to the Senate, all solemn like to, to deliver the articles of impeachment. Remember, they didn't care anything about this virus. They were just trying to impeach Trump. So, you know, it's, it's from one attempt to attack him with a lie to another attempt, and they forget what happened just a week or two ago. But, you know, the Internet has a long memory, and we're just online tearing them up and laughing about it the whole way and eating our popcorn at this point. And, you know, if there was a fair playing ground, independent media would have already put these companies out of business. But because big tech is censoring us so badly, you know, they're still alive, still having losses. We're still winning. And um, you see it in the faces of the fake news journalists every day attacking President Trump, you know, while he's doing these calming, you know, very effective, calming daily uh, live stream video chats or or videos where they're doing it from the White House and they're, they're telling people to be calm. They're giving them updates. The media doesn't even want to report that now. They're trying to shut that down and censor him, and and kind of finally they're starting to admit after the FDA approved uh, the hydroxychloroquine, okay, so maybe it works, right? So you know they just wanted to hype the fear and let people die in order to take him down, and in order to push their election rigging, and that's it. And they have lost. And and oh, let me add to oh, that, the economy was tanked, yeah, and people are going to be pissed about that. So. Everybody that didn't care about politics, everybody that, you know, they, they didn't want to deal with it, it was outside of their bubble, and now it's in their bubble. They, they just lost their job, or they just lost half of their savings, or, you know, they just got their life interrupted with a hard stop. They're stuck at home, and they're, they're on the internet. They're waking up. They're doing research. Why did this happen? And they're going to figure out some things. Some of them are going to be deceived, and some, some of them are going to take a little longer, so people are starting to care about politics in a in a whole new way because it's affecting their personal lives. So I think that's a positive. So we're really about to see what I think is called the Great Awakening. It's happening this year over the next six to twelve months, I think.
1: No, absolutely. I agree. I agree with everything you just said and and you're you're spot on. Uh the, the one thing I the one thing I I have a really hard time and I really wanted to ask you about this because it's really going around the internet. Um, and it's, it's, I just, I, I find it funny because you know, I, I, it just, it's not, it's not physically possible. Sure. All these people, all these people that say they're associated with Q supposedly they're associated. I don't think they're, I, I don't think <laughs> they're the real, uh, the real people with Q, but they're saying J yeah. J F K June, J F K jr is going to reappear on Easter and he's not, he's not dead. Uh, Do you see that? Do you see that too? What what do you, how do you respond to that?
7: I I got this word from Cliff High. I I watched some of his videos on YouTube and it's called woo-woo thinking. And um, we have woo-woo thinkers in the Q movement. And, And let's remember even on conservative estimates here from, from enemy professors, Uh, on the water show on jesse water show on fox news with their estimate of 10 percent of the u.s thinks q is a good thing that's a lot of people that's millions of people so we have some people in the q movement that believe some pretty magical thinking things they're they're not bad people they just sometimes they they've been deceived and there are some really cunning con artists out there that spend some some pretty colorful stories but (laughs) at the end of the day you know, there's there's different stories that have cropped up. One of them is JFK Jr. is alive and, and coming back, and this whole Q plan was launched by him, get even with the deep state and Hillary and all this other stuff. And, you know, the guy that they think is JFK Jr., I'm the one that disproved that. Um, some of these other, you know, examples are people pretending to be Q. I've debunked every one of them. I've spoken to all of them, and um, – You know, the latest was actually pretending that General Flynn supported his actions, and then encouraging group harassment. So he was trying to call Q supporters to say he was Q, and that he wanted people to do targeted harassment campaigns against companies. So, you know, there's a, there's always these shills. There's always these attempts to sort of divide the movement. There's always these branches that they can really promote to try to make people look stupid. But there's always people in the movement that point out how that's crazy. So they just want to make us look violent. They just want to make us look nutty, but they got no argument.
1: No, I hear you. I hear you. So, so tell us, so you wrote, you wrote this best selling book and I, I know, I know you talked about it last time and you, you have your network and you're doing a lot of big stuff with investigating and you really put a lot of, big stuff into perspective and, and lay it all out on the line in this book. But tell us everybody,
7: tell everybody about that. Well, the the book is kind of coming back to a second surge now. I mean, we released it and it did really well. It shot up to, to number two across all of Amazon, which was really incredible. It, I think it would have hit number one, but when they found out that it was about Q and it was really taking off and the fake news started to attack it and they wrote, you know, video – they did a lot of articles. They did video hit pieces. Lester Holt at NBC. You know, RT did video hit pieces. It, it shot up so fast that they took hundreds of our confirmed purchased reviews off. So people had bought the book. It was a confirmed review They that they bought it, left a review, and then they took hundreds of those off before we hit number one. So I, I like to joke that our book forced Amazon to start doing their own algorithms of censorship. But, you know, the book itself was kind of like the spirit of the Q movement. It was where we go one, we go all. And that was how we uh, titled the authorship. Um, You'll see it's by WWG1WGA. And it was a collaborative effort of myself and some of the other, you know, I I guess you could call them original people or original Qtubers, people that have been around the movement and have, have helped bring it about, have helped educate people about it for most of them about the whole time that the Q movement has been around. And some of these are really well-known names, like, you know, Joe M the big Twitter account, who made the famous video, um, the plan to save the world. And everybody's seen that. It's like the first thing they see when they come to the Q movement. Um, Sarah yeah. Westall, space shot, red pill 78, you know, myself and a few others are in there as well. And and we each bring our own perspective. Um, we each bring our own area of expertise um, and the book itself, I would, I like to think of it as the red pill art of war for the modern era against like the fake news. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting that we're talking about Q and just recently Alex Jones is a, again, attacking the Q movement saying he's going to expose, you know, who's behind it. I don't know which of the fake Q he's going to point to probably, uh, Jack Posobiec and Microchip, but, um. You know, in my chapter of the book, I actually helped expose Alex Jones as being a disinformation agent, like a limited hangout, which is something that QAnon has actually alleged and, and called him a Mossad agent. And Alex Jones is really freaking out right now and acting really afraid. So he's attacked three or four times now. Uh, he never actually says my name, but he'll quote me. And I can show that in my videos. And now he's going to do this big expo. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Um, and we're going to tear him up again. But you're starting to see these different agents that are being activated against Q. And, and Q has prepared people for this because he's, he's told us probably dozens of times that attacks will escalate. So we're starting to see different layers of, of operations moving against independent media figures, even from within you know, other supposedly pro-MAGA um, news organizations. So it's, it's, it's heating up. People are acting more scared than normal. Um, I think that President Trump has more power than ever before, especially with his emergency you know, kind of powers that are activated. The Democrats are doing everything that they can to benefit from this and to take him down with it, but it's not working. And I think that right. um, you know, the, the coronavirus itself was really just an excuse to, to go ahead and have the economic crash they couldn't do it before because every time they would try the president trump would just kind of point out to the you know on twitter to the world that the fed was messing with the economy so they were stuck they didn't know how to take it they they could take the economy any time they wanted but if they did he would blame it on them so now they have their cover the coronavirus which isn't really killing anybody or hardly anybody you know we don't have these these war zone hospitals they're saying that we have people are actually giving us you know, on the ground, uh, cell phone video of local hospitals saying that there's no one here. It's a ghost town. Um, people are saying, Hey, I don't know why you reported that I'm dead of the coronavirus. I'm still alive. Or, you know, my grandmother died of Alzheimer's and, and pneumonia or Alzheimer's and, and kidney complications, not, you know, uh, coronavirus. She didn't even have it. She tested negative. Why are you saying she did? So you're seeing that they actually have to fake death in order to make it seem worse. And, you know, they're testing for the common cold, coronavirus. So you right. mean, if you have the common cold, you're going to test positive for COVID-19. So really the fear seems to be about 90% fear and only about 10% legit. I'm not saying people shouldn't, go, you know, stay home and follow the directives, but I'm saying that they just took down the world economy for something that kills a lot less than the flu. And they used it to kind of mask what they're doing behind the scenes. And President Trump is turning it against them. Uh, he's using it to destroy Western dependency on Chinese economy. We're getting our supply chain out of there, and um, you know this basically shuts the border down. And it proves globalism doesn't work. So, you know, he's going to win this.
1: Amen, brother. Amen. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. Very, very well said. Very. I love it. I love it all. Tell tell everybody. I do got to let you go. I I, I got to get to the next guest, but I could talk to you all day. Let's make you, as I said, a week a weekly regular. So we'll get, we'll get you on here every week. Um, but where they where they can connect with you on social media? Tell everybody.
7: Sure, man. Uh, well, I'm Dustin Emos uh, on YouTube and on Twitter, and um, you know you can pick up the book if you like at thebookofqanon.com. And um, you know, that's it for now. We're still fighting the good fight. We haven't been banned again on YouTube. I think they're, they're happy to just freeze us at 97000 for a year. But hopefully this year will be the year for us too. Thanks, thanks for having me on again, Roy.
1: Amen. And where can people find your book too?
7: QAnon.com. You can go to Amazon and get it. We just hit 1,000 reviews, but I hate to send them money. They hate our president. They hate our way of life. They hate our values.
1: And also your network, you have a network too.
7: Yeah, yeah, we, we have uh, Nemos News Network, and that's a website. You can go to there as well. And we do have a YouTube channel and a Twitter for that also. Most people find the name Dustin Nemos, and then they find that as well in the links.
1: Okay, per- perfect, perfect. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll get you back here next week.
7: You got it. Have a great night. You too,
1: man. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have the host of the G- James Judge Show. James, how are you, buddy?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Rory. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing very well. What's going on? What's new? What what? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Time on the show.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, let's let's start. Uh, I started out in radio a long time ago. I'm actually 35. But uh, I started radio at 14 and then joined the military when I was 18. So I went to the Coast Guard, um, served for a year in Iraq on a patrol boat. And then uh, after my time in Iraq, I went into Coast Guard Public Affairs. Uh, left there, went to ABC News, um, then Immigration and Customs Enforcement, did public affairs for ICE. And then the Department of Defense, I went over to Afghanistan, in the press desk over there from 2010 to 11 started my own PR firm and consulting. And uh, just last week, I finally had enough of like watching the media, watching what was going on. I've, I've had enough of behind the scenes, uh, looking behind the curtain, knowing how this industry operates and how things go. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own show. And so we started it. And it's been unbelievable. I mean, in one week, we've added 1,750 followers, I think is uh, where we're at this evening. And, um, I mean shows are averaging about twenty thousand uh twenty thousand people watching uh it's it's, just, it's It's been a very big blessing so far, but we have uh, the way I've gone about it is really trying to just focus on reporting facts uh sticking to the facts, and then of course adding my opinion to it, but at the same time you know saying, Hey, this is my opinion. here are the facts and giving the audience perspective I've been listening to the your past three uh guests that you've had on. And, you know, one of the things that a few of them have talked about is the perspective. And I feel like the media is not really giving that. And one of your uh, past guests had just mentioned about the – well, I forget what they were talking about specifically with the media. But uh, I almost feel like they're giving the media too much credit. The media have actually kind of screwed themselves up in this whole thing. Um, They've gotten to where they're they're, – a lot of them are reporting the same stories. Uh, that you'll see across all the other platforms. And there's a lack of creativity. There's a lack of them going out and wanting to actually, you know, they're just doing what they, they see other people doing. So it's opening up the door for people like you, people like me, uh, to go out. The Internet is a beautiful place to go out and do a lot of research, find our own information, uh, find the facts, prov- provide perspective, and deliver that to the audience. And the audience is is – Going, wow! This is great. This is refreshing. This is different. You know, we were talking about uh, the economy ten days ago, and you know Tucker Carlson basically came out and did his show tonight. But if you would have watched our show last week, you would have saw the same show that it was on Tucker Carlson tonight. So it's been interesting so far, and uh, just happy to to be doing it.
1: Amen, brother. Amen. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And and what you know, it, it is really an amazing industry. I'll tell you how you know, the internet and, and how these, all these independent uh, podcasting platforms keep evolving and keep growing and keep, you know, gaining such a, uh, a a great audience, you know, Uh, and it all, it all goes back into what you said, you know, and, and what I said earlier, what I said earlier in terms of Trump, you know, exposing the the big mainstream media and us can't, people can't get the truth from the mainstream media. And, uh, you know, it's, really a sad thing it really
3: is um and this well, whole people corona people forget thing that the media it, go ahead people forget that the media has an obligation and the obligation is not to tell them the truth their obligation right. is to their shareholders and it's to their bosses yep. to keep the ratings high right it's and to the dark money. i mean so <laughs> and and not even i mean i won't get into all the conspiracy stuff and and go into that it's it really just boils right. down to where where are the eyeballs, where are the listeners, where's the audience, and how do we keep them tuned in as long as possible? We're not going to tell them, uh, you know, we're not going to provide them perspective. We're going to scare the hell out of them and show them the one case of the one three-year-old that has scarred lungs from God knows what it is. It might be related to COVID-19, it might not be related to COVID-19 at all, but they're going to tell that story because it scares people. Uh, one of my friends posted today that, that a 39-year-old died, and I was like, well, you know, that's not – that's not the norm. If you look at all the rest of the statistics today, they talked about 95% of all people in Europe being over 60. Uh, I know that last week it was like 99% of everybody in Italy, which I don't know that I've ever seen statistics say 99%, but from the Italian government, it was 99% of people in Italy had pre existing conditions. I mean, th- th- those are staggering numbers for them to come out and say that 99% of those who died in Italy had pre existing conditions. But we've been talking about on our show since day one that the most important thing here is by far the economic collapse that is happening. I mean, when you see 3.3 million jobs lost last week, 6.6 million this week, uh, I'm more concerned about a far greater health implication through the economic disaster than the actual virus. Now, the virus, sure, I'm not playing that down. It is dangerous for people that are elderly, people that are, you know, compromised. Sure, they they should be the ones who are staying inside. But the rest of us, the right. 99% of us who are going to survive this thing, what kind of world are we going to live right. in? What kind of world are we going to leave our kids with? And if we're not careful, I mean, well, heck, if we're not careful, 10 million people are without jobs right now. And the Fed's predicting uh, – I read an article out of USA Today. It was yesterday or two days ago that uh, they're predicting 34% unemployment potentially, which is just crazy it's a, it's... to think that one in three Americans could lose their jobs. Right. It's insane. We're... It's
1: insane. We need, we need to make you – uh, come on here often. I, you know, I do gotta get to the last guest before the show's over. But I want to definitely want to get you on here often. And, and uh, we have the same viewpoints. You know, we we obviously resonate very well. I, I love everything that you got going on. Um, please tell everybody where they can find your show though and connect with you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, and, and I would love to, and uh, and vice versa. Uh, if people are interested, they can visit thejudgeshow.com. dot com. That's com, And we're on Facebook front slash uh, Facebook.com from slash the judge show, Instagram, the judge show. Uh, just look up the judge show. We also are on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms, YouTube. So search for the judge show and James judge and you'll, uh, you'll find it. But thank you so much for having me on and I uh, look forward to next time. Absolutely.
1: James. Well, uh, I can't wait. And, uh, let's definitely, uh, talk here in the next couple of days, I'll give you a call.
3: Sounds great. Take care.
1: All right, man. Take care. Yep. God uh, Everybody, I want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us right now, a very famous guy doing a lot of big things, Fox News contributor and political consultant, Lee Spickerman. Lee, what's up, buddy?
8: Hey, Rory. Great to be with you.
1: Great to be with you. Great to have you back. I've missed
0: you. Uh,
1: you've been on the show multiple times. We always love the value you bring to the table and your amazing insight. What's new? What's been going on?
8: <laughs> well, what's been going on is, uh, I guess, most of what we've been talking about tonight, which which is this uh, abject tragedy of the coronavirus crisis, uh, both its uh, direct toll on people in terms of uh, death and people being uh, their health being impaired, and of course, the huge economic toll that it's taking. Uh, I I actually don't agree with some of the guests. I think this is a real health crisis. I think when President Trump said in uh, yesterday in the briefing that we could be talking about uh, up to 200,000 deaths, you have to take that seriously. And we do have younger people dying. Uh, I mean, I'm reading a lot of uh, first person accounts These are not This is not all media hype I, I have a friend Who's a a, a doctor A respiratory therapist uh, Here in the Dallas area And he's seeing a huge upsurge uh, In cases So you know This is a serious health issue um, But uh, And I think that's got to be Front and center That's got to be the focus But I also believe From a political point of view And politics always comes into it Just as it did with Franklin Roosevelt In World War II Uh, Obviously, the war was the main thing, the carnage on the battlefield and trying to save the world from uh, Hitler and the Japanese was the the priority. But, of course, it had 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 huge political implications. Uh, And I think for President Trump, uh, it is uh, it, it has demonstrated that he is a crisis president. Now, of course, what matters is how this all turns out. Obviously, if the death toll Spirals if it's if it's much more than uh, anticipated or more than, than he's prepared the nation for, um, or if there's you know huge missteps in how it's handled uh, going forward. Obviously that would that would impair his uh, how he's perceived. But I think the one missing ingredient in President Trump's uh, term in office so far has been a demonstration that he can lead in a crisis. And he he has a base that's probably unlike any that we've seen, uh, even I think it exceeds Reagan's in terms of how fervent it is and how loyal it is. But but he was really not having much success crossing over that that bridge to the to moderates and certainly Democrats. And now we're seeing that he is leading and he's becoming increasingly effective, more and more effective, as did Roosevelt. I mean, you know. Keep in mind, you know, Roosevelt had been undersecretary, or at the time the office was called assistant secretary of the Navy, and was acute, should have been, and even more acutely aware of how important Pearl Harbor was to the United States, how vulnerable it was to attack, uh, what Japan was, you know, how they were moving and the direction they were going, Um, and yet, Pearl Harbor atta- happened on his watch, just as 9-11 happened on George W. Bush's watch. In both cases, they rallied. Now, of course, Roosevelt ended, uh, ended up much stronger than George W. Bush uh, in terms of public perception. Though That's turning around now. But, uh, you know, Roosevelt allowed Pearl Harbor to happen, but what really mattered is what he did afterward and how he mobilized the country. And I think even those that can accuse President Trump Or His administration of not doing everything that they should have. Uh, He did make the fateful decision, the crucial decision to cut off uh, travel from China, which was before he made that uh, decision. It was I believe it was 14,000 Chinese people a day were coming into the United States. It was not a small uh, change when he made that decision. that executive decision. And likewise, we obviously had thousands of people coming in from Italy and other hotspots in Europe. So that was a fateful, crucial, and life-saving decision that President Trump made. And if you, I think anybody, any objective observer of President Trump, certainly over the past few days in these daily briefings, would have to be impressed, not only with him, but today we saw the just how impressive the team around him is Uh, beyond Dr. Fauci. um, We, you know, we today met the Admiral who is overseeing logistics and he was a very, certainly not uh, a flamboyant guy, but, but I I think instilled confidence just by his bearing and how he laid out uh, in a, in a very methodical way, how the military is, is uh, really facilitating this massive uh, logistical effort to, Move medical supplies around the country and to uh, get the uh, the protective gear that our health workers need all over the country. So really instilled confidence. And when you, you we've talked about CNN, but, you know, last week, Dana Bash went on CNN. And I I have to say, I was very impressed and said that President Trump was. Comporting himself in the way that a president should and was very effective. I almost fell out of my chair She's married to John King, you know, who's also on CNN that so that took frankly took a lot of courage because It's not exactly the prevailing opinion at CNN And you know, it's interesting I pushed hard, you know, I was a Trump surrogate uh, during the campaign in 2016 and I pushed hard once President Trump was elected for them to get rid of those damned daily press briefings with the press secretary had nothing to do with Sean Spicer. He hadn't even been appointed yet. I right, they're just repetitive. thought it was terrible. I mean, it's
1: like the same thing over and over those press
8: briefings. Yeah. It's just and I thought it was like, terrible. And I, my point was president Trump is his spokesman. He is the star. And, and, Why are and we the allowing is, these people to be Lee, pin, pinatas every Lee, day? You know what, you know what, what, happens, what is served Lee? by it?
1: And Lee, you know what the Pardon problem me? is? You know what it creates? is it creates all these media people to just keep asking him all these questions that are going to provoke him. Yeah, yeah, it gives they, him FaceTime. It, it,
8: it's building their yeah. brand. It's all like Jim Acosta. It, you know, he created a brand by demonizing two, you know, Spicer and, to a lesser extent, uh, uh, Sanders, who, who w- was really effective. But uh, what President Trump has done, ironically, and the great thing is my point is that a couple of months or a few months ago, I don't know if I get any credit for the advice, but I, I'm sure I wasn't alone, but they got rid of those damn things. And, 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 and Stephanie Grisham, Grisham, the new head of communications, got rid of those damn daily press briefings. And you heard a lot of complaints from the media, but nobody in the public cared. And here's what's ironic. What are we having every day now? A daily press briefing. But who's conducting it? President Trump. And I, and, and I heard a, a, a Trump-hating media commentator say a few days ago that these are trump's new campaign rallies and brit hume who i have enormous respect for went on fox and said that was absurd but you know what i hate right. to say it actually it's right i don't think there are rallies hey. in that hey. it, it's hey. in nakedly hey. political i don't think he's attempting to do that but i do think it's right. having the same a more positive effect because it's actually reaching out to people that don't go to or don't watch trump rallies
1: Absolutely. And Lee, Lee, I do, I do got to close out the show. Uh, Producers just said, I have about 30 seconds. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you.
8: The easiest way is to go on Twitter and go to at speakerman. And it's, it sounds like a loudspeaker, but it's not spelled that way. It's S P as in Paul, I E C K E R M A N S P I E C K E R M A N. It's phonetically correct, but has some extra letters. Uh, at speakerman you can find me on twitter i would love to have uh, any of our friends that listen to your show follow me and by the way congratulations on the salem gig that's big i look forward to joining you there i hope i'll be honored with uh, with the opportunity to uh, to contribute on on your new platform
1: absolutely we'll definitely have you on there and anybody can look up lee spickerman on google and they'll find everything about you Uh, You're a very popular guy. We always appreciate you. Thank you, and we'll talk to you, my friend. And
8: on YouTube as well. You'll see my video commentaries and my appearances on TV.
1: All right. He sounds good. God bless you, and I'll talk to you soon.
8: Awesome. Thank you, Rory.
1: Uh, Everybody, uh, it's been a fantastic show tonight. Um, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. You are all incredible. Um, Stay safe. Stay inside, be responsible, have a great weekend, and I will see you all on Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Until then, I'm Rory Soder, mega, mega, mega. God bless, everybody. Much love. Cheers.